I'm excited for uh, today's podcast because we actually are physically in a dealership for the first time since I started these podcasts last year during uh, the beginning of the pandemic. And uh, so I think you might hear some noise of activity going around uh, because we're actually in the store. But uh, today I want to uh, welcome Gary Wexler. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Randy. It's, it's great to be here. And thank you from, uh, for driving all the way down from the suburbs <laughs> right, to the, right to the heart of the Gold Coast. Uh, and uh, we're here at downtown Honda, Chicago. I'm the general manager here and operating partner. And, and we are only a few feet away from the shop door. So if you hear a hammer drop or a, a tire bouncing, I want to apologize in advance. The sound of commerce. It's great to hear. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. You know, I think one of the things that we like to do just to kind of level set here is talk a little bit about the store where you work. Sure. So tell me a little bit about the store here. So uh, our store is downtown uh, Honda, Chicago. It's right in the heart of the Gold Coast. Just to give you an idea, um, we uh, are in a tower. Uh, we have no vehicles on site because we need all the room for our service vehicles. Uh, we service anywhere between uh, both franchises, somewhere between... 100 and 160 cars a day. They've all got to come in the building in the morning and out by the by the evening. So that requires a lot of movement, a lot of time. It's just kind of a skilled process. We're th literally three blocks away from beautiful uh, Lakeshore Drive. Mm -hmm. So you can imagine uh, there's skyscrapers all around us, very, very densely populated. And uh, it's a whole different environment. It's yeah. literally vertical selling. Yep, yeah. And about how many used cars do you sell in a month on average? So between both uh, franchises, we'll sell anywhere from um, anywhere from 120 to two, uh, 200 uh, cars a month. Okay, that's great. So downtown location, uh, like you said, vertical selling, right. and uh, a couple hundred used cars in a month. That's right. great. Perfect. So. You know, you've been uh, a V Auto customer for quite a while, about eight and a half years, something like that. Yeah, yeah. And and, and you've had great success with V Auto, is that right? I have, I have. Uh, I was real fortunate. Uh, I came into, uh, I can tell you the day, it was December 3rd of 2012. I walked into a store that um, was selling 45 cars a month, new and used. Um, it was a complete wreck. Um, the one thing they had, though, they had just signed up with this, new uh, process, new uh, tool called V-Auto. And I said, okay. And they had a thing called a performance manager. And I was real fortunate. My first performance manager was a previous dealer. Okay. And uh, she was really good, Terry Gonzalez. Uh -huh. um, I think she's still with the company, she actually. Yeah. And uh, she really um, uh, taught me the process. Mm -hmm. um, so it's like going to kindergarten, right? And in kindergarten, you have a really good kindergarten teacher, and they teach you how to read and tie your shoes and and all the basics, right? Right. And then as time goes on, they take you through the grade levels, and you become better and better and better. So um, I did really well with the tool, kept us clean, kept us out of trouble. I always remember uh, fighting her on transactional discount, and uh, <laughs> certainly that won't work. And uh, it did. It worked perfectly. And all the different things she taught me. So as time went on and I went to other stores and um, my career was growing, and I had another performance manager who kind of took me to another level. And uh, then I came to Chicago and uh, yet another performance manager and who really uh, had taken us to a whole new level, really introduced us to iRecon, profit time, mm -hmm. um, um, UAs, uh, just 
just new level stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy's extremely intelligent, but he's able to really uh, engage um, um, with the dealers that want to engage with him. Mm-hmm. So uh, I couldn't do without the tool. If they took iRecon or if they took Profit Time or Provision or V Auto away from me tomorrow, I'd go do something else. Um, it's just that powerful of a tool. It takes, it t- if you really understand the process, it compresses your workday. Okay, it makes things very easy. It keeps you from making obvious bad decisions. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it keeps you on track. And if you really, really get inside it, mm-hmm. you can always find opportunity and continuous growth. That's great. Um, but I think that's what's really interesting in our story today is great success using provision and the old calendar-based approach. Right. But yet you've made the switch to profit time. Yeah. So. Tell me a little bit about what made you make the leap. Well, you know, we actually were doing very well here. Um, but um, our group and me and our philosophy is you can always do better. You can always do better. Mm-hmm. And um, I've had record months here. And uh, i got to be honest with you. Uh, there's more. And um, there's more. And uh, my, uh, our, our leader, our founder of our group, is uh, one of the most motivating, intelligent uh, people I've ever met in my life in any field, and um, and he's the one that really uh, challenges me to do better every single day. Mm-hmm. And I felt like with V Auto, I, I I really felt like you know I don't want this to sound arrogant, but I think I may be able to been one of the best people in the nation on V Auto. Mm-hmm. I actually asked my performance manager, "Hey, am I in, am I in that top two percent?" I just wanted to hear him say yes, <laughs> you know, and. Uh, it meant a lot to me. I, I love to be recognized to be at the top of my field, mm-hmm. uh, at that pinnacle. And I was there, and we're existing, and we're doing well. And he kind of just started to roll out this profit time I did to me. And, and when I first, initially, he gave me the broad strokes, I'm like, oh, well, that's not going to work. <laughs> I mean, who would, you know, because basically it was asking me to divorce my entire cultural belief about buckets. Mm-hmm. You know, my cultural belief Age. about... Right. Age mm-hmm. and 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 I just didn't know how I could do that, it, especially because the guy that's kind of asking me to do it to divorce these this culture and these ideas was the same guy that told me for eight years, oh, this is the way you got to do it. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, I felt like Dale maybe had kind of flip flopped on me, but I'm thinking to myself, okay, this tool that, that was created. Dale Pollock's the founder of that of that tool. He's the DNA. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I said, okay, he, he there's there's a reason why he's moved to this. He just didn't wake up one day with an epiphany that, hey, you know what, I'm going to do something else. Mm-hmm. He had some logic behind it, so I tried to get inside his head, which precipitated us to a conference call. Okay. And during this conference call, um, I'm listening. It's all starting to make sense to me. Okay, and I haven't bought in yet. But it's starting to make sense. And uh, I asked Dale a question. I said, Dale, what do you really believe? Because he was the first to say, hey, these guys are good. They got it together. Mm-hmm. They're doing a good job. And, and he said, I said, what is your belief that you can actually make me better? You know, I was looking for like, you know, Gary, if you do everything right, maybe you'll get 20% better. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a 20% shot. You'll have some kind of increase. And literally in two seconds, he said, oh, Gary, 100%. I said, okay, well, he didn't think about that answer. Let me ask it in a different way. I said, okay, Dale, really, 
I understand what you said 100%, but what do you honestly think how, that I, my chances are of improving, really sticking to profit time? Mm-hmm. He goes, 100%. I said, okay. This guy's a lot smarter than me. I love the tool that he gave me. I'm doing great with it. Now he wants – not that he wants me to. He's opened an opportunity for me to completely shift my – paradigm and my cultural experience of the way I was operating mm-hmm. to a new way, mm-hmm. I said, okay, I'm going to do this. And I told my performance manager, Alex, I said, Alex, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to hold your hand. tight as, So when I go down, you're going down with me. Okay? <laughs> you're my wingman. I'm taking you down first. <laughs> and, um, and he said, I'm in. And when I tell you he stuck by my side, he was at my store, talking to my store every morning, every noon, every evening. Mm-hmm. And, and shockingly, 30 days later, it was 100%. 100%. 100%. So exactly what Dale said happened. Exactly what my performance manager said happened. And, and my gross was better. And, and it wasn't, listen, we had great grosses. Sure. There's a report that a manufacturer does, and I'm not going to go into this, but they rank stores on buying gross profitability. Mm-hmm. We, we were by far leaps and bounds at the very, very top of that list in our used car operation. Yeah. And I said, okay, there's no way I can get better. I'm the leader mm-hmm. in that market. And we got better. And we wow. didn't get kind of better. We got significantly better. Yeah. So you can imagine what that did to profitability. Sure. In a store that's already profitable. Yeah. So that was exciting. What's great about this tool and what's great about Viato is you don't have to be a genius. Okay? You just have to understand that there's a process involved, mm-hmm. and if you're true to it and you work it correctly, you're going to look like a genius. Yeah. Okay? Because you know what they're doing? Somewhere in that white room in Viato, there's a bunch of geniuses in there figuring it out for you. Mm-hmm. And um, it's worked. And I think Viato is a growing and living organism. And as long as uh, Dale's engaged and involved and the team that he's created – I think this thing, I have no idea what it's going to look like in 10 years, but yeah. this is going to be amazing. Yeah. Thank you very much for that yeah. feedback. That's great. Now, the one thing that you mentioned that is really fascinating to me is the culture shift, right? Eight and a half years on turn mm-hmm. and age, and maybe there's pay plans based mm-hmm. on age. Yeah. How did you make that happen with your team? Well, I got to tell you, initially, you initially, um, listen, I'm a 62 year old guy. I've been doing this for 30 plus years. Uh-huh. So, you know, you know, it's true. When you get older, you get a little more stuck in your ways, right? Sure. Um, but I've always tried to be young at heart and young in my mind. I've always been a guy that has said, look, always be open to new ideas. Mm-hmm. Don't be closed out. Don't shake your head no, because you never know what is around the corner, right? Mm-hmm. When the internet came in, I was, I was in that era. The internet came in the car business. I embraced it immediately, mm-hmm. and it helped me. So I always tried to do that. So at first, I actually, when I went to profit time, because I committed to do it 100%, the way I handled it, I didn't look at it. I couldn't look at the age. <laughs> I, I would have I'd have crawled under my desk and, and shivered. I just didn't look at it. And at the end of the month, I looked at it. And mm-hmm. guess what? I didn't have any age vehicles. Mm-hmm. I was more profitable. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, this is working. This is working. So my team, when I came here, they were very new to V-Auto. And they had a, performed horribly 
before the, the group that I'm with, McGott Automotive Group, bought this store. Okay. And, and they embraced the new ownership. Um, our used car director, who was the previous used car director, we kept him on as the used car director. Mm-hmm. He's a very intelligent man. He's a good person. And he was just looking for process and leadership. So the process was we were going to be experts at Viato. And that was it. We were going to be experts at ProVision. We didn't have profit time then. Sure. And and he embraced it, and we got better immediately. So their buy-in was, and the performance manager we had was very good. And they so they trusted the process. They trusted the tool. Um, we started listening to the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did different things to. Uh, we were very fortunate in Chicago here that that our performance manager, our latest one, he just lives very close to the facility. Oh, that's great. He'll jump in his car and come over. Um, we'll talk constantly about things. And when it came time for profit time, it wasn't so so tough because they said, okay, it was provision. We believed in it. We believed in the process. We trusted it. We won. They're telling us this new tool is going to make us better. There's no reason not to trust them. They always were always always did right by us. Mm-hmm. So let's jump in with both feet, okay? Mm-hmm. And um, they embraced it, and they all won. They believed because it was already proven to them that the other way worked, and it was the same guys saying, "Hey guys, this is the new model. Mm-hmm. What do you think?" And and I told them, and we had this conversation not too long ago. I said, "You know what, guys? In two or three years from now, maybe it's not called profit time. Maybe it's called something else. Maybe it's profit time 3.0." Profit time 8.0. But this is a living organism. And, and as long as you embrace it and you understand it, you know, you got to understand it first, right? Yeah. Because if you don't understand it and you use it, you really haven't gained anything. You'll do better. That's great. You know, one of the things Dale says is you make money on the car when you buy it, right? So tell me a little bit about your appraisal process and, and you mentioned some phenomenal numbers sure sure so I want to get rid of this wedge between the client and the salesperson and it always happens at the trade mm-hmm. there's always the guy behind the glass or at the tower and they're talking and then he comes back with this number and it doesn't matter what number it is sir your 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 2002 Honda Civic is worth a million dollars oh well, that's ridiculous you know it's like, <laughs> right, right. that's way too low mm-hmm. so they're programmed like that, the customer. So you got to get them out of that um, um, that mode of thinking. You got to get them out, a little bit out of there where they have to think. And, and we always go after the trade first. What I mean is, <clears throat> you know, third party pricing. You remember that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, greatest thing ever. Greatest intro ever. Takes all the heat off the numbers. And then we go ask about the trade. Well, yeah, I do have a trade. Well, that's great, Mr. Jones. You'll be happy to know here at Downtown Honda of Chicago. We actually have on site a Kelly uh, Bluebick representative that will be appraising your car for you. The great news is he's going to give you a great figure for your car. In the event that you trade with us, he'll allow us to take that car and trade. And also, you'd receive the tax credit for that. In the event you don't trade with us, he'll still write you a check for your car. Mm-hmm. That, you just take the curse off it right there. Mm-hmm. And you won't believe how that works. So every car goes through that same process. So. On one hand, we got the customers coming through the door, yep. appointments or walk-ins or whatever, and they're they're given a figure by this third party. So guess who they're not mad at? 
<laughs> the you, dealer. Right. Yeah. I'm not the guy. Yeah. You know? And sometimes they'll have a little mishap with the third party pricing of the Kelly Blue Book figure or the Auto Trader ICO figure. Mm-hmm. Um, but that representative is skilled enough, who we have here, mm-hmm. that he can talk them through that. And they're not talking about the price of my car. Mm-hmm. They're not talking about anything other than their car that they're representing to somebody other than the dealership, and they eventually come to what? An agreement. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That number is done. We're not talking about that number again. Now all we got to do is show them a car that they came in to look at that they've probably done 15 to 20 hours worth of research online, sure. that between all the cars they saw, they decided that was their first or second choice. It had the lowest miles and the best condition and the right color, and they're here, and they already know the price. Mm-hmm. So there we have the third-party pricing. Yep. So price has now been taken away. It's their car that they've agreed with Kelly. Yeah, my car's worth ten grand. Mm-hmm. It's our car that they've always come in right, already for because it's the car they want. They've done the research, mm-hmm. and that car is already priced in their wheelhouse. That's why they're here. Sure. All you got to do is be able to add and subtract. It's a yeah. beautiful thing. Yeah. And so when you think about those opportunities to acquire cars from the consumer, mm-hmm. then your cost to market is significantly better. Oh, it's incredible. The cost to market's incredible. And like Dale said, you make your money when you buy the car. That's right. So when you're buying cars that, I mean, we bought cars at 50% cost to market. Um, We bought cars at 60%, 65. We normally buy cars in the low 70s -hmm. to 75%. And you just don't have a choice but to make money at those numbers. Mm -hmm. The consumer is happy that they're getting a decent offer on their trade-in. They're, they're excited. Let me tell you, it, it does two things. It, it creates no, um, there's no, there's not that traditional us against you. Mm-hmm. He's got a number from a third party he believes in because Kelly's done such a great job branding what they do. Mm-hmm. They believe it. It's kind of like Carfax. Yeah. You know, oh, the Carfax is clean. The car's got to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, we both know that Carfax has, makes mistakes. Some things don't get caught. Mm-hmm. Um, but between that and, and something else it does that was uh, kind of unexpected, it compresses the sales process. Because mm. normally you have a lot of go back and forth for certain different areas of the sale, whether it be the trade objection. When you get all that stuff out of the way and it's done, you've kind of compressed the time. Um, it allows you more time to gain rapport, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and, and become a friend. And I think that's the key to selling a car. You've got to have that rapport, that connectivity. Sure. And once you get that, it com- becomes very easy to sell, sell a vehicle. Yeah. The other key to the appraisal process that we see is really understanding at the time of appraisal what it's going to take to get that car frontline ready. So how do you think about that, reconditioning costs and expense right. associated with that? So I think there's uh, two theories there. Uh, one theory, I've worked in both. Um, I happen to like the way we do it here more. Um, one theory is everybody just kind of says, look, we're going to go ahead and hire a company to do all our recon work, and, and, and we're, going to do, we're going to put $1,000 on every car, and that's it. Maybe it needs $300 worth of work. Maybe it needs $1,500 of work. But because you put 1000 on every car, I think that's to the vendor's advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to keep every nickel and dime I can keep right in-house, okay? So I know that every car is going to need X, Y, and Z. So those fixed costs I've got into my uh, appraisal screen, right, mm-hmm. in Viato. It's in there. That's a fixed cost. And then our acquisition team is very good about taking pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, they're kind of uh, almost a little too critical. 
Um, the, you know, they'll, they'll, we, we know in our selection in, in Viato, you have the different bars you can select. A bumper's 250, a rear bumper's this, a quarter, a dent, a ding. And we just ch -ch -ch click off. So that's all preloaded because the acquisition team, they've got the time. They've walked around the customer. And, and something else that's great about that is the customer has buy-in. Hey, Mr. Customer, it looks here in your mirror like it did you. Oh, yeah, I was coming out of the garage the other day, and I hit the concrete pole and made the turn too tight. It's no problem. Happens all the time. We're in a big city. It's probably only $150 to fix that. Oh, I didn't know it would be that cheap. So you start adding up $150 and $250, starts adding up. The customer in his own mind, he's devaluing his own trade, mm -hmm. right? And um, we, we get the work done in a timely manner. Uh, we do a lot of body work. It's a big city. A, a two-year-old car, three-year-old car in Chicago, I don't care who's driving it, you're going to have to paint the bumpers. You're going to. Yep. Okay? At least in Chicago, the bumpers are still in the car. In New York, <laughs> the bumpers are in the back seat. So that's the difference. But, yeah, we, we, we do a good job with that. And you mentioned you're using iRecon. Has that helped in this process? Night and day. Uh -huh. um, this, the, my, my, uh, I, the, the worst part of my day, you, you know, um, and I think it's our founder that told me this, or I've heard it before, but he's kind of like, hey, Gary, do the hardest thing. Do the worst thing. The thing you hate the most, do it first. Mm -hmm. Get out of the way. Mm -hmm. Boy, there's so much truth to that, too, because mm -hmm. your day only gets better, right? If you wait to the end of the day, do the thing you hate the most, you, you end on a very negative note. Yep. So what, uh, what I try to do, and that, that thing for me was always recon. Mm -hmm. um, because it, we're in a big building. The cars could be either in the building, maybe on four, maybe on five. Maybe the car's a mile and a half down the road at Millennium Park. It, you just don't know. We even tried to utilize tracking devices. Mm -hmm. They don't work underground. We've been successful there. Um, so I used to hate that because all I would know, I'd normally find I have one or two cars that got lost in the system. There's the, the process, oh, I, we meant to detail that one, but the guys at service took it first. Now it's four days, five days later. Mm -hmm. It drives me crazy. Um, and when you're turning inventory, you know, if you, if you look at our Viata, we're turning our inventory anywhere from a low of 16 to a high of 26 times a year. Mm -hmm. um, that's a lot of hunting and pecking, right? It is, it is. So when we got down to iRecon, and again, my performance manager introduced, introduced me to this. Alex, he said, uh, look, this tool, once you master it, your life's going to be a lot easier. So the first two months with that tool, uh, I, 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 all it did was make me matter. Because before, the department heads would point fingers. Mm -hmm. why, why did this happen? Well, uh, it's Bob's fault. Mm -hmm. Why is it Bob's fault? Because Bob had the car. Bob, what'd you do with it? Well, I, I gave it to so-and-so. And, and, and you couldn't figure out who was to blame. Right. You just knew it was broken. Well, I recon, they pointed the finger. And I saw that bottleneck in the inspection. I knew to go talk to my fixed ops director and said, hey, buddy, you got 13 cars in inspection. Mm -hmm. One has been in there for three days on task time. Majority been in there for a day and a half. What's going on? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And guess what happens? They get out of inspection. Yep. Then they go to work in process. So, number one, you got to have your tasks set up correctly. And when you do, it makes life very easy. Sure. And then everybody is held accountable, and they hold themselves accountable. And now it's become a game, a sporting event. 
who can get their cars at the lowest task time. <laughs> and it's kind of funny. They created this own, their own their own thing, and they brag about it. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll send me a little. I'll get a text on WhatsApp at, at seven in the morning. Hey, average task time twenty minutes in my in my responsibility area. That's Where's great. the rest of your guys? That's great. It, it, it makes it fun, and yeah. uh, it's a great tool. But you, but the best thing about the tool is. It's the only recon tool you can get in the world that integrates perfectly with V-Auto mm-hmm. and Profit Time. And even if you don't want to look at it, every time you look at Profit Time, it's right in your face. It is, yeah. And you can't avoid it. That's great. That's great. And I think the one thing that you mentioned is critical, right? The, the total amount of time it takes to recondition a car, that's kind of the score at the end of the game, mm-hmm. right? The task time on each right. step. Is, is where you can make the difference. Right. Right? But you also have to be understanding, because I used to chase the, the total uh, recon time, yeah. which you got to be a little, uh, put a little sanity in there. For instance, that total recon time takes all the tasks and, and compiles them and says, okay, here's recon time. If I've got a body shop task, mm-hmm. I know that's not going to happen in an hour mm-hmm. or, or a day. Yep. It could, mm-hmm. but normally, it, you know, I'm doing a fender and a hood. I yep. might be five or six days. I might be waiting on parts. Parts is another one, unavailable parts. Yep. Uh, recall is another one. Um, so I try not to get over crazy about that mm-hmm. and realize, okay, my overall task, my overall recon time is five days. It really isn't. If I pulled out body shop task time mm-hmm. and pulled out recall task time and pulled out waiting on parts task time, I might be down to a day and a half, yeah. which is good. I look at the individual task times per category, mm-hmm. and what it tells me is, is that department head managing that task? Mm-hmm. And if he is, we're all good and everything works out. Yeah, either internal department or if you're using right. an external vendor, you can understand how well they're getting the work done. Exactly, exactly. And the, and the hardest thing was to get the external. I, I do sub out my detail. Okay. Okay. Um, it's it's a crazy process, but um, getting the third party on the task mm-hmm. where he's kind of now become a team member. Yeah. And uh, that was a that was quite a fight at first. I thought. But I, I just had to make him understand that this is the process. If you're unable to follow it, let me know because i got to find a guy that can. Mm-hmm. And they get on board. That's great. So, Gary, one of the things we hear a lot in the market today is the lack of availability of new car inventory. So help me understand what's going on today here in your store and how that's kind of changed the way you're managing the store. Sure. So we've always managed our inventories. Um, you know, uh, nobody saw this coming. Mm-hmm. Um, I certainly didn't. And... Uh, it's really affected us. I mean, we have hit all-time lows on new car inventory. We've gotten down as far as 12 cars in stock. Wow. Um, we, I, 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 I call the trucking company every day. I know everybody there by their first name, just seeing if I got anything in the yard. Um, he was talking to me. He goes, Gary, we usually have 4,000 cars in the yard. He goes, we're, we're, we're doing, we have 800 cars. Um, so just think of the percentage, mm-hmm. how much that evaporated. Thank goodness that through the use of Viato and um, provision and profit time, as time has gone on, we've really gotten really good at used cars. Mm-hmm. And uh, now we have to be absolute superstars, experts, because without that revenue stream and without that profitability, um, I hate to think what was going to happen. Absolutely. You know, one of the things that was amazing to hear is how much you are focused on always trying to improve and get better. Right. So one of the things that we love to hear is, what's next for you? What, what, how, do you how do you want to take the business going forward? You know, it's funny. Um, um, 
I, I work for a guy that, that I literally, I, I, if I, I never had a brother, but if I had one that could pick it, it'd be him. And he constantly challenges me to go to the next level. Um, there's no finish line. There is no finish line. Um, I love being recognized. I love the recognition of being a leader in my career field. Um, Profitability's great, but you know what? It, it's there's no feeling like going home at night and having a winning day, a winning day, and then you enjoy that for a few hours, and then realize that tomorrow you got to beat it. Game on. You got to beat it. <laughs> I was a military guy for a long time, uh-huh. and uh, and I loved that. Uh, I, I serving my country. Um, was very honorable. It meant it means. It's funny how at this age it means more to me now than it did then. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe my, my mindset's different. But the one thing I was taught in the military was, <clears throat> you don't always have the luxury of having everything you need to complete a mission. But their missions are a matter of life and death. Yeah. And so there's no options, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So kind of the car business. My attitude has been the car business is, is there some things that are a matter of life and death, and then some things are more important. And for me, this career, this industry, which I love, it's, it's the most important thing I do every day. And I have a responsibility to make sure that the men and women that I'm raising beneath me, bringing them up to the new levels, that, that they have every bit of knowledge and anything I can pass to them to make them better every day. Mm-hmm. And then we all win. Because, you know, it's, it's like, it's like my, my, my founder says, I can't win unless you win. I can't do it. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. You have to win, and I want you to win, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, I think we're both guilty of that, is uh, sometimes I want things for people more than they want them for themselves, mm-hmm. and that's a tough thing to do. Sure. But if you can take that person and instill that fire in their belly, man, they can, the, what they can accomplish is endless. That's great. So what's next for me is I'm just going to keep growing. I guess eventually one day I'll I'll stop, you know. Um, one day I'm going to die, and that's I guess I'll rest then. Yeah. Right. Yep. <laughs> well, Gary, thank you so much for joining us today. I thank appreciate you. it. I enjoyed it. It's great. And uh, thanks for the products, and keep developing them, keep growing. We will. We'll be right there. Thank you. Thanks, thanks Randy. Gary. Yep.